Okay, hi. Hello. Uh, I'm sitting here with Sarah Trevetti, uh, which is fun and convenient for me, um, but also uh, what I hope will be a good, uh, a good conversation. Um, Sarah, can you just introduce yourself and tell us uh, how you're connected to Redeemer Hinsdale? Yes, um, so my name is Sarah Trevetti. Um, I am Vicar O'Neill's wife. <laughs> that is the main uh, connection I have to Redeemer Hinsdale. I currently work um, for Redeemer Park Ridge, Redeemer Lutheran Church in Park Ridge, Illinois. Um, I actually heard of Redeemer Hinsdale before O'Neill became uh, the intern there, but um, yeah, we would see, I think you guys are, Redeemer Hinsdale had given our church some um, donations and helping us with um, some, some things years ago. It was, um, it was exciting work and it, um, it was nice to make the connection when Anil told me he would be going to Redeemer Hinsdale. Um, other than that, uh, we have two kids and um, I've, we've lived in Illinois since 2008, I think. <laughs> Um, before that, I've kind of moved around a lot. I, I separate my life into thirds. So there's um, the first third was I grew up in Alabama, northern Alabama, uh, Florence, to be exact. It's uh, part of the Quad Cities in the northwestern part of the state. Um, one of those my... one of those cities is a famous city, right? Yes, yes. Uh, that would be Muscle Shoals. <laughs> um, that's actually where I went so to the church. Swamplands are right. Yeah, swamplands. <laughs> Uh, we we went to church in Muscle Shoals. It was across the the river. Is that the Tennessee? Oh, I'm forgetting now. Um, anyway, grew up Southern Baptist. Uh, that was much of my life. When I was 16, uh, my family moved across the country to San Francisco, and we um, we that was a fun time. It was it was a hard time, but it was um, it was a lot of fun. Everyone thought we were from Texas. We said anything out loud, and <laughs> our accents gave us away. Um, and then that was the second third of my life. I ended up graduating high school, going to college in Northern California, um, met Anil in college. And um, then we went on from there. We uh, had one of our two children in California, ended up making a stop in Auburn, Alabama for Anil's grad school and then back up to uh, Chicago area. So that's kind of my life in a nutshell. <laughs> We both have on our UC Davis sweatshirts right now, so that's yeah. fun. We yeah. met at uh, UC Davis, which is a, a, a huge uh, University of California school uh, in between Sacramento and San Francisco. Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, I think uh, one of one of the things that that I don't know that's that's most impressive about you there are many things that are impressive about you but one that is most is the way that your life has forced you to face a lot of changes uh i mean it's not a it's not an easy thing to move from from alabama to san francisco when you're 16 in the middle of high school uh and having been raised in a, in a very uh in a very conservative a very uh, southern baptist faith tradition and then go to a place that is you know, as far from that as you can find. Um, so I wonder if you have any, any, uh, any nuggets of wisdom for us or thoughts about that, uh, about that experience. Hmm. 
So, right. Yeah. 20 something years later, um, <laughs> more than that, I, I'm not that young. Um, I can tell you that moving away from your, what you know, in your hometown, that has been nothing but good for me overall. I, looking back, I can see that at the time I was 16. Um, I didn't want to leave my friends. I was, um, I was a pretty good kid, you know, like a, a good daughter, but um, you know, I went along with everything. I had younger siblings that we all went to San Francisco. Um, that was, that was tough as a teenager and it was fine though. It, um, we were going somewhere exciting. California is always exciting to everyone. And even though we got, um, oh, I had heard, um, from pastors and I, one pastor in particular that San Francisco <laughs> was like the modern day Corinth. <laughs> the Bible. And so it wasn't like, um, they were worried about us, I think, uh, moving away, but it was all good. It was, it was fantastic. And we, um, moving to San Francisco, I was a junior in high school. My sister was in fifth grade, I believe. And my brother was not yet in school. He was, he was little, but, um, we homeschooled for the remainder of our school year, just moving that far away into such a much bigger city than we were used to. We, we weren't sure about jumping right into the school. So we homeschooled for that half a year. And I got to say, one of the best things that came from that experience, we were only in San Francisco for about six months, but my mom made sure we took field trips all over the city. I saw, I saw many things that even uh, people living in Northern California had never seen. Uh, we came to realize. So that was a lot of fun. All the museums, the libraries, the every, everything you could see. Um, so that was, that was great at, at that time. Um, and that helped with moving away from what you knew and our family and everything. So. What was it like for you that first couple of years with, or, or even longer than that, but what, what was it like for you with, uh, with your family in terms of like your, faith life and going to church and, and how was that different uh and, and how did you guys uh, I don't know cope with it deal with it change with it I don't know that that was um difficult so we were southern baptists we had been to a couple of different churches throughout my life um but so I guess that's where we started I had my parents looking for a southern baptist church in the West. Um, it was hard. I think there was one in San Francisco that was like a fundamental Baptist church. I can't even remember the name of it. I was trying to, but maybe it's better. I don't. Um, it, was, <laughs> it, was, it, was, um, it was fine. And we met a lot of interesting people. And I think um, it was a good experience for us overall. But like I said, we were only in San Francisco for six months. Then we quickly moved. I, we were living on the Presidio. And at that time, this was 94, going into 95, I think um, they were closing down. It was like a peacetime. <laughs> They're closing down a lot of <laughs> army bases. <laughs> and um, so the, we had to move. Um, it was beautiful that we could, we were within walking distance of the Golden Gate Bridge. It was amazing. But um, so we moved to uh, Mountain View, in the South Bay area. Um, <laughs> that was that was fine too. I did my senior year in Mountain View. It was a gorgeous setting. Um, there were there were views of mountains. It was <laughs> we weren't used to that. But um, we we quickly found a church there too. Another Baptist church. I think it was First Baptist Los Altos, um, part of that area. 
um, that was a really good experience, I think, for my family. Um, we got plugged in pretty quickly. Youth group was big. Um, it, was, it was just a nice way to stay plugged in. So at, it was easy to, to get involved then. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, and what about like the, in terms of, in terms of your families, uh, I guess their, their, um, their faith directly, right? Their beliefs, the things that they um, held uh, uh, most important um, and, 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 and your own sort of, uh, faith and interpretation of what it meant to be a Christian was that was that changing at that time was that uh, a difficult um, a difficult time how is how is that I'd say um, I didn't give uh, my faith life a whole lot of thought it, it everything was just easy and it was my friends were at church so it was just easy to go along with um, with what they were doing and you know it was a, a good program I think I I think there were some questions starting to um, come to mind on my end. And I, I probably would say in college, I started really thinking about who I was as a Christian, what, what that means, what that means for me now. And, you know, graduating college was a big um, turning point too. And um, like we had to find your own church or, you know, it, somehow I'd get plugged in without the help of my parents who were always leading the way. Um, yeah, I'd say probably in high school, I, I just never really gave it much thought. I probably didn't pay attention too much to the sermons as a kid. And um, I think it's really, I've thought this multiple times, it's really good that um, we were moved out of the South before um, I don't know. It was just good to see different perspectives in different people and not the same. Everything's the same um, as I remember it in the South. And I kind of think if I hadn't been plucked out, um, I might've gotten sucked in and it was just too easy then. So I think moving away from home, going to college was, um, was a big, um, it could go either way. You know, I could get closer to God or further away. I feel like I got closer to God. So it was, it was nice. Do you remember the uh, that couple that we met at Wild Goose, uh, who was from Florence? Yeah, was like uh, they were like from that same time. They like knew the church that you'd grown up in, and like all the area. And it, that was a moment for me where I was challenged to think less about like regionally uh, and and more about the fact that there are. I, I mean, right, like we grow up, we change and where we are at those times has a lot. We, we tend to think where we are, like uh, our physical location has a lot to do with that, but also we just grow up and change. And there were lots of different people there, even, even in a, in a tiny town like that, we met somebody at this, at, at a conference called Wild Goose, uh, where, you know, uh, we were, uh, I think we met them at like beer and hymns or something, right? Like we were, we were standing around in a field drinking and singing uh, and singing hymns. And uh, it was fun to talk with them about their experience being a little bit more, a little bit less conservative living mm -hmm. in that, in that environment. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, so I guess kind of pivoting to, to like this last year, what's, what's this last year been like for you? <laughs> This has been a year like no other. I 
I, I do remember uh, hearing from, I think <laughs> our oldest, our 16 year old, um, that pandemics come every 100 years. This was a few years ago. And I remember um, hearing that and I was like, oh, that's interesting. When was the last one? Okay, wow, okay. And then I never gave it another thought. And sure enough, something happened. But um, going into this year has been, um, I, I remember at the end of 2019 thinking, oh, this was the hardest year we've had. <laughs> this was, um, it started with our, our longtime cat dying in January. It was, um, it was, he was, he was very old. Um, but um, that was a sad, sad start to 2019. And then I'm going along, I'm like, oh, okay. So this, you know, coping with that. And then at the very end of the year, um, we, we find out that Anil has uh, MS. And this is at the end of years of like odd um, illnesses. Oh, Anil has another odd illness. Oh, oh well, we'll get through that one. <laughs> and that was... Um, just to hear that it, it was starting to make sense. It was honestly, personally, it was devastating. Um, I, I didn't know how to help or, or be helpful. And, um, and we we're just kind of working through that and figuring out what that means. So at the start of 2020, that was, um, that was rough. <laughs> and uh, we kept thinking, you know, everything shut down in March, but we were able to get him to the doctors and the, um, figure out, figure some things out and get going on like a, a medication regimen, which I'm grateful for that we, it, I would have been just completely lost if we couldn't go anywhere and we had to figure this out and trying to um, learn on our own or whatever. So that, that's the only, only bright spot, but it was, it was a tough start to the, the year, even before the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, it was a tough, it was a tough time for sure. I mean, it's still, it still is a tough time. Um, you know, the, the, the sort of like common, uh, the common expression of like what it's like to find out when you, to get a diagnosis like that, where like, you know, the whole world kind of like shuts down and it's the only thing you can think about and the only thing you can uh, uh, be worried about, right? Like it is, I mean, it, Right, selfish isn't the right word, but you're just very like self-consumed with like how how to how to get through the next day kind of stuff, um, and and that was for us also that right that was on the tails of of my dad passing away and and about three years of pretty pretty rough uh, um, experience with his Alzheimer's uh, and uh, so we we were we were a, a, a family in. Uh, I don't know, not crisis, but definitely we were struggling. And then, uh, uh, and then when the when the pandemic hit, you know, having having been just a couple of months into to the the diagnosis, that was that was hard too. But I I, I think uh, uh, I think it was Pastor Katie who mentioned that like we it's almost like we had like a three or four or, or five month head start on the rest of the world, right? Like we were like. All, all of the like crisis and like, you know, the world, like, like the lights get like real dim or and, like, and like everything on that day when we find on, what was it, Friday the 13th, when everything shut down and like everyone has these stories of what they were, it was like, we were already like three or four months into that, that period of like total chaos and not knowing what was up. And um, 
so in many ways, I think that that sort of helped us, um, that sort of helped us deal with the, the, the struggle and the changes of, of what's been going on the last year. Uh, not that it's been easy, but we've had a little bit of a, a leg up, I think, in that respect. Mm -hmm. uh, I know too, right? I mean, as small as it is, uh, as small as it seems, right? In addition to the um, lifestyle and medication and all of that kind of stuff, we had a pretty significant um, change to our diet. I mean, Sarah's been really helpful with all this, but like it was for me, it was, I had to go gluten-free and I had to go dairy-free. And like, I like gluten <laughs> and I like dairy, like not eating cheese has been pretty hard. Um, but like all of those things go into to making the last year pretty, pretty chaotic for us and lots and lots and lots of changes. So um, we've been, we've been struggling. We've been struggling with that, uh, with all of those things for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what, what do you think, I mean, in terms of, I mean, in terms of like your approach to, to um, your faith and even to scripture, how, how do you think that this period of what, I mean, a couple of years now for us, I guess, how, how do you think that has changed, if at all, how has it changed your approach to your, to your faith or to scripture or uh, to, to, to God? I really think um, I've had to rely on God more, definitely. I, I would say most of my life has been fairly easy. Um, parents take care of me. Um, I meet you. You're, <laughs> you're quite um, reliable. I'm the, and, I'm the worst. <laughs> no, <laughs> you're reliable and dependable and you take care of us. And I think that... Um, and I, I rely on myself for a lot of things too. I, I tend to um, feel most comfortable when I can take care of the only, you know, the things that I need to take care of. And this was sort of a, a year or a few years of having to let go of things that I just didn't know how to handle. And um, I've turned to God more, which I think has been a good thing. Um, I've relied on God. I've, put into practice um, like a regular prayer life, which I never really had to do. Or I've tried in the past and I'm like, oh, it's, it works fine. Or um, I, you know, I used to try to, you know, pray before bed and I'd fall asleep like every single time I was praying or, um, but this was, this was more intentional. I, I feel like, yeah, there's, there's definitely an intentionality about it, of my faith life. I've, I'm not having to work for it. I'm just, um, having to learn how to trust God more. I think that's the biggest thing. Yeah, I think the big, the big word for me over the last couple of years has been uncertainty and neither one of us, neither you or I like uncertainty. Mm -hmm. we, we are, Sarah and I both have, uh, uh, we have very similar personalities and uh, uh, we, I mean, we help each other along through like the introvert stuff. Um, but the uncertainty, I know we both just hate it. and. And uh, there's been so much of that, right? The pandemic has been just one long, um, giant bit of uncertainty. And that, and that has been, for me too, right? The, the MS stuff has been all of that too. I mean, I, I joke about it a little bit, but the, it's, it's true. Like, I, I just don't know. I've had some vision problems with, with uh, MS over the years. Uh, 
leading up to it, that was one of the indicators that kind of helped us get a diagnosis. But like, yeah, it's pretty frustrating when, when you just are like, you know, you wake up in the morning and your eye, you know, it takes like a minute for your vision to kick in. And like, there's a part of me that feels like, well, crap, uh, is it gonna kick back in? I don't know. Um, it has, it has not kicked in before. So, um, yeah, living into that uncertainty has been a big part of the, the last couple of, of years for, for me and for us. And, uh, it's been hard. Um, but, uh, going through that experience and kind of um, making peace with that uncertainty and, and pushing past the need to, to find certainty uh, in a life that is anything but, right? Uh, in many ways, I think the certainty is kind of an illusion at all. <laughs> and, and I wonder if, if there is something for all of us to, to gain in, in living into the uncertainty a little bit more and being comfortable trusting uh, you know, trusting God uh, to, to lead us. And um, yeah, I mean, it, trusting God in, in, in the way that God transforms us and grows us and um, being more comfortable with that and less clinging. Uh, yeah. Um, well, what, what else? What else about the last year? Anything, uh, anything that I've, I've missed? No, and it's interesting. I, I mean, maybe, but as you were talking, I was remembering uh, the the, <laughs> the time period. This was years ago, where you um, indicated that you would be quitting your statistics job for going into <laughs> ministry. That was a that was a big uncertain time for me. Um, that was all I'd known. You you worked for uh, stats before we got married, and um, I was still in college, and um, that was that was what I knew. And that was what I knew for our family and it was stable and secure and it was fine. And I think what I didn't realize at the time was uh, the, the struggles that came with it. I know you were, uh, I, I do remember the, the late night phone calls and the, <laughs> you can get up out of bed to go answer a statistics question. And I know that that, I, I, I'm looking back, I can see that that was um, uh, not, not like the best life, but, um, but I, I think um, when you first told me about um, seminary. I, I had I had to take a minute and think and trust God and um, let go of some things of that security that I was so used to. So yeah, I think that everything's just sort of it, it was like all compacted into this last year where everyone was experiencing those uncertainties. But yeah, you're right. We don't like uncertainty. <laughs> we don't like it, and yet we find it. We seem to seek <laughs> it out. Oh, but I, I do want to say, not to interrupt you, but it's all, it all makes sense now. I see you in this role. I see you with uh, Redeemer Hinsdale and doing, seeing you preach. Um, it's all like this, you, you do it pretty often, uh, more often than I was expecting. And it was, um, I don't know, it's just good. Every, every sermon is good. So it's um, reassuring that way. Um, my uncertainties aren't so <laughs> strong. <laughs> You also see me muttering under my breath the <laughs> night before or whatever. So, right. Yeah. Uh, yes. Also, folks might be surprised to hear that there are su there is such a thing as an emergency sports statistics question. <laughs> so many. <laughs> so many. So many phone calls. Uh, yeah. 
Oh yeah. So seeking out uncertainty, um, you, you've had an observation about exercising with MS and um, how that, <laughs> that's not always, um, that, that's uncertain, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. The, the, um, the reality of, of, of uh, MS is that kind of day-to-day -day, um, behaviors and experience can really affect the symptoms. So like heat is a real trigger for me. So uh, when I get warm, uh, uh, it makes my symptoms worse. So, so like Redeemer Park Ridge, um, has, uh, uh, like this, is it ambient? Is that what it's called when it's heat under the floor? I, no, I radiant. It's radiant. radiant. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. there's heat, heat under the floor, uh, at, in the sanctuary. And, uh, when I stand on it and the heat goes through my feet, it would make my vision go totally wonky. And I remember I was doing, I preached there once and I was like, I got to, like, I can't do it. I had to sit down because mm -hmm. I, if I stood, I had to sit down and pick my feet up off the floor because if I stood I like couldn't read the uh, <laughs> paper. But anyway, yeah, the the um uh the reality is that that exercise is really good uh for MS. And I do feel when I exercise I feel better um later in the day. But it also obviously it makes you warm. And so by the end of exercising is uh I, I feel I feel the worst that I will <laughs> In, in any given day when I finish exercising or when I'm just about to finish exercising. And, and that's hard. It's hard to do that because I don't want to be dizzy and I don't want to have to hold on to the railing when I walk or whatever, but it does help uh, uh, later in the day. And, and um, to me, that really, that, that speaks a lot and, and reminds me a lot of, uh, of what, my understanding of, of a life of faith is and, uh, and the, the, um, the really common, you know, description of, of dying and rising with Christ. So dying uh, and, and allowing, you know, allowing uh, new life to be given to you by God uh, and trusting that it's going to be a life that's closer to God. It's not going to be a better life necessarily. I mean, you hope it is, but mm -hmm that's not what the promise is of, of dying and rising. The promise is uh, that it's a life uh, uh, led by the spirit, led closer to God. And so um, that, that image of, of exercising has, with M exercising with MS has, has been uh, a help for me in, in thinking about um, what it means to, to, um, to live a life of faith, to, to kind of remember your baptism daily, to be reborn, to have, find new life, to allow God to, uh, uh, to give new life through the spirit. And um, that's been a really helpful thing for me in approaching all the crazy things that have gone on, not just in the kind of general experience of the last year, but in our own lives and like our own approach to people in our lives and our own approach to, you know, um, I don't know, culture war topics and family that sucks. And I mean, all of those things allowing instead of, you know, instead of hunkering down, you know, that ongoing transformation of like, yes, they, they still suck, but my approach to them uh, can be transformed into something more like what Christ's approach would be to people that suck. Yeah. Exactly.
there are a lot of people that suck. We are so, we we are those people sometimes too. But. Yes, <laughs> yes, and as we enter into being well we've been the parents of teenagers but that has that to me that's been a big one um just it's not they're not little kids anymore and it's i can see how things are changing there mm, for sure <laughs> definitely <sighs> well uh i guess as we kind of look forward to you know what what might be a light at the end of the tunnel i've been i've been vaccinated we're hopeful for for the rest of the family sometime soon um but you know any any thoughts for for you know lessons learned over the past couple of years and how that might inform your your uh your approach to to what's coming uh what's coming in in the next year or the next two years or you know I don't know the uncertainty of pandemic, the uncertainty of you know what's Emil's job going to be, all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of uncertainties in the future, but I feel like coming out of the past couple of years, I have um, um, a more positive outlook. I think uh, uh, regarding the uncertainties. So right, we can live through them, and we come through them, and we. I love our family, so we. I'm confident that we'll get through the, the harder ones, but um, yeah, definitely. I think that's probably the biggest thing to come out of all the, like, I, I know it's important to live through these harder times and it, it draws us closer to Christ and everything. And, but at the same time, you're like, I just would rather know the lesson without learning it. <laughs> like, I feel like I could, you know, internalize that and that would be good, but it does mean more to have gone through some, some things um, so going forward and not knowing, yeah, um, what your job position will be or um, just all the, the things that I'm not even thinking about, which that probably scares me the most. The, the things that pop up and are surprises are the hardest. But um, I do feel a, a, a definite positivity towards things that I probably wouldn't have two years ago. If you if you threw something at me from this year, <laughs> just suddenly... Um, I, I think it'd be a lot harder to <laughs> climb out of. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Cause I, I mean, I don't imagine, I don't imagine, you know, I I'm hopeful that the, the, the pandemic will get better. The pandemic, the virus, uh, we will move towards some level of, of herd immunity with the vaccines. Um, but there's a lot of stuff that's not going to get better. Uh, mm -hmm. no matter what and uh, I think uh, I think we're uh, still learning what to do with that and how to how to deal with it but but the approach I think that that we've been forced into realizing of you know uh, holding things lightly and, and trusting uh, and trusting that we're God uh, is leading us it's closer it's closer to God not necessarily better for us <laughs> But but closer uh, to God is is a good thing in the transformations uh, that we've been going through. So, mm -hmm. yeah, yes, yes. Well, uh, should we go have lunch? Yes. <laughs> lunch. Uh, thanks uh, for being here. Thanks for listening. If you have uh, for this series, this will be our last chat, at least in this series. Who knows what we'll do with this space going forward? But uh, for now. Uh, this is us signing off. Thanks, Sarah. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>